1: Hey there, and welcome to the next episode in the Embrace Your Almost series that we have been doing on unmet expectations and navigating disappointment in life. And this is actually the last episode of this series. This is week eight. And what we've been doing so far, if this is the first episode you've tuned into of this series I've been pulling themes from my new book, Embrace Your Almost. We've not necessarily gone chapter by chapter. We've tried to go in somewhat of a chronological order, but I'm really more just pulling different themes. And some chapters cover similar themes. Some have their own unique theme. But I've tried to cover a handful of different themes, everything from when your dreams come true for everyone else but you to dealing with how do you make the most of the almost in life? How do you make the most of the times where you thought life would look like X, but it actually looks like Y? and variety of other themes why it's important to have a hobby and things like that. So anyways, that said, this episode is I purposely wanted to hold this one till the end. This this the themes we're going to be covering come directly from chapter 10 of Embrace Your Almost, and it speaks directly to the lies we believe. The lies that can creep in, the toxic thoughts that start to take over our mind or our life when Life doesn't look how we hoped when we're feeling really stuck or disappointed or discouraged or just frustrated and not quite where we thought we'd be by now. So we're going to we're gonna tackle that. And I pray that this episode is incredibly encouraging for you and also gives you some really practical, tangible tools that you can implement when you start kind of getting stuck in your own head. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. In chapter 10 of Embrace Your Almost, I tell this story and I hate to ruin it, but I'm going to tell it to you in kind of a quick spark notes version. I highly recommend grabbing a copy of the book if you have not yet done so. It'll You'll be able to dig into it in a lot more detail and probably relate on many other points. But all of that said, quick overview of the story. It was summer of 2020, and I had just walked through a lot. I had walked through back-to-back pregnancy loss. COVID had hit. There were various things professionally that had gone sideways as a result of that. I just felt like life was completely spiraling out of control. And I started to just feel really discouraged. And I started to feel really stuck in kind of like a nightmare that just seemed to not want to end. And I remember feeling like I started to believe a lot of the thoughts that were popping into my head as a result of my feelings, as a result of my lived experience. And I remember I was sitting in a meeting with uh, the therapist that I was meeting with that summer. And I was telling her about just some of these thoughts that I was having and really wrestling with. And she said something to me that stuck with me. She said, be careful how often or how many times you think something because it only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief, which at first 200 kind of seems like a lot. But if you think about it, if you're having a repetitive thought multiple times throughout a day, within a month or so, that can start to take root in your life as a belief, you know? And I remember just being kind of taken aback by that. Like it only takes 200 times of thinking that for it to like solidify as a belief, like, holy cow. And so anyways, I remember just digesting that and thinking that was kind of profound. And then flash forward several weeks, I was working outside. We were doing some yard work that we were catching up on from the summer where we had practically neglected a lot of yard work. And at the time we had a three plus acre property with a lot of planning beds and areas that just needed grooming. And there were some weeds in some of the planting beds that had just grown entirely out of control. And they were like planting beds that had trees in them. And so the weeds kind of got like lost if you weren't paying very close attention. Anyway, I was doing some yard work and I was in such a low mood that day. I just remember like those those toxic thoughts and those things that I was believing were just starting to weigh so heavily. I was starting to feel like, oh gosh, like this is never going to work out for me. And I started to believe things like God has forgotten about me or I've or I'll never be a mom or this will never work out for me or my dreams are always doomed to end in disappointment and one thing after another I just felt like I was just spiraling and I was trying to get these weeds out and I was having all these thoughts and the weeds were not coming out because they were like mini trees like they had root systems that were just so intense and I'm like sitting there trying to rip these weeds out and it was not working and I remember having this like memory like of this conversation that I had, had with my therapist and this whole idea of be careful what you think about. It It only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief came and just popped into my mind. And for whatever reason, I remembered that. And then I had this idea to assign each weed that I was trying to pull out. There was like six or seven really big ones. I decided to, to assign each one, one of the lies that I had started to believe. And so I decided to do this little exercise and I thought like maybe that would give me some added strength or something to try to get them out. And sure enough, it did. Like I was actually pretty surprised. So I assigned the first weed the lie of like, this is the lie that God's forgotten about me. And I like tried to get down by the root and, you know, use a shovel to kind of just give myself a little bit of leverage and like ripped this thing out. So I don't know how I just like found the superhuman strength to do it because literally five minutes before I was trying the same method and it wasn't working. But I think there was this added level of determination because it was significant of something. It wasn't just a weed in my yard that was annoying. It was significant of, or it kind of illustrated to me this this weed, this lie that had started growing in my heart and growing in my life. And I saw it for what it was visually and tangibly, like just through the visual of this actual weed in my yard. And I just felt so determined to get it out. I was like, I don't want to keep thinking this. Like this isn't helping me at all, you know? And so I just like found this superhuman strength and got this thing out and almost fell on my backside trying to pull it out. But I managed to get it out. And I remember just feeling like, oh, wait, what? It worked? Like, are you kidding me? And I like did this like goofy little dance and I look over and Matt's like mowing the lawn, shaking his head at me like you are a crazy human. And anyways, I decided to continue doing that. And some were harder to get out than others. It wasn't like I magically just, you know, ripped it out effortlessly. But I, I had this like, Deeper level of determination to get those weeds out in the like yard project I was doing because of what they signified in a deeper sense in my life. And to every single weed that I assigned a lie, I was eventually able to get out in one way or another because I was determined as heck to do it. You know, it meant something more than just, oh, I'm just like grooming my yard. So, anyways, I share that story because I think. It's important to kind of have that visual and remember that when life goes sideways, when life throws us a curveball, when it flattens us and it lays us flat on our back and it stops us in our tracks or it breaks our hearts, I think it's only natural to start looking at our experience and trying to take that and apply it to like, like pull things that feel like facts out of it. It feels like God's forgotten about me. It feels like I'm being punished. It feels like this is never going to work out. It seems like it will never work out. It seems like I'm the only one, you know, whatever you may be thinking. And sometimes just like, Calling that out for what it is and assigning it to some physical activity that signifies removing that and uprooting it. You know, like these beliefs can really start to take root in our life. And before we know it, they're like flourishing in the garden of our life or in our heart, if you want to use a visual, and taking over a lot of the really good things and a lot of the truths or a lot of the joy that we might be able to hold simultaneously with some of the frustration or some of the pain or some of the anger or whatever it may be. But when those weeds or those things start growing out of control and taking over, you can't even like sift through everything to get to the flower, to get to the life, to get to the truth, because it's just taking over. And so I just think it's important to keep that visual in mind, especially as you walk through unmet expectations in life, as you walk through broken dreams, as you walk through disappointment, as you walk through times of waiting, because otherwise it really will start to feel like... Nothing but negativity is taken over your life. And when something really frustrating or hard or you know painful is happening in our life, it does feel like that's the only thing we can focus on because it feels so big. And I think if we can be aware of that and we can identify those thoughts and things that come as a result of those experiences as a weed we can have the awareness to say, yes, this weed is here. Yes, it is taking a lot of space. Yes, it is taking a lot of my attention and focus and strength and ability to even like function. However, there's also this, like there's also flowers growing in this planting bed. And there's also, you know, life happening. And there's also joy, like, but we get so tied up in the weed because the weed just like chokes our growth. Did you see my new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world and I can't believe it's available to you. Anywhere books are sold, you can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books a Million. There's some special editions out there too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books a Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So If that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. A lot of times lies that we believe are a lot like weeds in our life. And so, you know, my encouragement to you is, Maybe you don't have monster weeds growing in your yard. In fact, I'd say you're pretty lucky if you don't. That wasn't fun. <laughs> uh, part of the reason why we moved to a simpler uh, suburban life. But you know, you may not have that kind of activity to do. But I do really think it can be helpful, especially if you if you just do some evaluation and you and you realize, like, yeah, I've been having a lot of these thoughts lately. Like I've had a lot of thoughts that, you know, whatever it may be, my husband. Should have somebody better than me, or uh, I'm too ugly, or God's forgotten about me, or this is never going to work out, or whatever it may be. I think if you can identify that those are things that tend to be on repeat in your mind, and that may have started to kind of take root as a belief in your life, I really want to encourage you to think about how could I maybe do a physical activity of some sort to signify removing those things. Now, that could look like uprooting weeds and pulling out monster weeds. It could also look like decluttering your closet. You know, it can look like cleaning out your refrigerator. Like it can be something else, and all the things that are, you know, just kind of like maybe the expired food or the clothes you haven't worn in two years. Every time you decide to throw something out, like assign that a lie, say this is the lie that God's forgotten about me, and this this expired ketchup is going in the trash. You know, whatever it may be, doing an activity like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll never have those thoughts again. It's not like, you know, a magic pill. But I think what it can be is a taking back of your power, I guess in a way. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's like a decision point. It's like a turning point because for me, when I did that activity with the weeds as like trivial and kind of goofy as it seemed, I felt like for the first time in a long time I was empowered. And had some say over what I would allow to take root in my life, and what I would believe, and what I absolutely would not. Like when I started calling things out for what they were, and assigning a physical activity that visually represented removing those things from my life, or from my my yard, or from my garden, or my heart, or whatever visual you want, whatever word you want to use to represent that. Like there was some sort of shift that happened, and it doesn't mean that I never had those thoughts again. It doesn't mean that I didn't wrestle with it. It just meant that there was like this pivotal point where. I said wait a sec. No, like I'm taking back some ground here. You know, like hold on. Like this has just become so normal for me to think that I've not even taken ownership over that and decided whether or not I'm going to allow that to continue. And so when you're in like, you know, the way Matt and I often talk about it is like when something goes wrong, it can kind of feel like when you when it first happens, you're like in the epicenter of the blast, right? Like it is like the eye of the hurricane. Like you are in the most intense moment within a couple of days or weeks after something happens or doesn't work out or falls apart or whatever and it's hard to like separate fact from fiction right it's it's hard to think rationally and get those thoughts all organized in a way that is healthy because it's complex and there's often confusion and there's layers to things and it's not like this super linear line of thinking but when some time has passed when you find yourself just kind of feeling stuck in the reality of whatever blast may have happened whatever curveball you may have been thrown whatever you know upset or interruption may have happened in your life when you are at a point where you can take a step back and start kind of trying to parse that parse out like what's the lie what's not what have i been thinking what have i been believing what lies have been on repeat and how can i tackle those you're going to start feeling that sense of i'm taking back some ground here these lies these beliefs these thoughts that are just like overwhelming me and i don't know what to do with them at first i allowed myself to wrestle through them but now they're starting to take root as a as a belief And I need to uproot those things. And when you do that, there is this sense of I do have some say over what I allow to take root in my life and what I absolutely do not. So that is kind of a brief story. And I I dug into this a lot more in the chapter. Obviously, this is kind of the Spark Notes version. And I talk a lot about like what do you do once you uproot that? And what do you plant in its place? And what does that really look like? And how do you root yourself in love and not root yourself in lies? So we go into a lot more detail in chapter 10. So be sure to order a copy and read it or grab it on audiobook and listen to it. I think it'll be really encouraging for you. But I wanted to give you kind of an overview of the themes covered in that chapter, because I really believe this is something we need to talk about. I think we often acknowledge the frustration, pain, anger, whatever feeling may come up when life doesn't go our way, or we almost get where we wanted to go and then get set back, you know, hundred yards or back to the starting line even. But we don't have to talk about the thoughts that can then turn into beliefs and start to twist our view of our life, ourselves, God, people, all of the above. So kind of working through that, I think is really, really important and pivotal to the moving forward healthy process, (laughs) healthily, healthily, moving forward healthily. That's what I'm trying to say. But all of that said, I want to end this episode and this series that we've been doing with some of the questions or the three questions from the reading guide that we put together. If you have not downloaded that, you can go to my website. It's on the homepage to download. At least it is right now at the time of recording. Um, And we'll also put a link directly to download it in the show notes but I want to finish by asking you these three questions so that you can kind of reflect on this and start thinking about how you might apply the similar thoughts and the principles that I shared in this episode to your own life. So question number one is what toxic thoughts or lies do you often think? And is it possible that they have become a belief? Remember, be careful what you think. It only takes 200 thoughts to become a belief. So I want you to think about what thoughts come up for me a lot? What, what toxic thoughts are something that I just maybe even subconsciously I'm often thinking? And is it possible that they've become a belief in my life without even me intending to make them a belief? So that's question one. Question two is, what activity will you do to signify uprooting those lies? Will you weed? Will you declutter? Will you do something else? I want you to think about what that may be and how you could do something like that to kind of visually and physically signify taking back some ground. Because I think a lot of times it's helpful to identify like, oh, this is a lie I'm believing. But if all we're doing is just cognitively thinking about it and we're not actually doing anything physically to kind of signify uprooting those things and working through them, we never really have a point of turning, if that makes sense. There's never really a turning point. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm aware. It's like awareness is step one, but then like working through that sometimes with a visual or physical activity is A helpful next step to really start taking back some ground. So that's question number two. And then question number three, which comes directly from the book is plant yourself in faith and root yourself in love. What truth can you replace each lie with? I want you to be thinking about that. And I think it would be important to read chapter 10 of the book before answering that question, because we didn't touch on the concept of planting yourself in faith and rooting yourself in love a whole lot, but there's a whole section in that chapter about that and what that really means and what that really looks like, especially in the face of Unmet expectations or disappointment. So take some time, answer those questions. And thank you for joining me for this very fun, hard, challenging, real, honest series on embracing your almost on unmet expectations and disappointment. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. To learn more about the She Podcast, or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit JordanLeadooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.
0: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart.